Okay, we apologize for the technical difficulties. We will uh, try to make up the three minutes. The question, of course, right after the shir last night, I want to address it because this is extremely nagea, which is why we speak out these chukaseim shaylas around December time. Uh, last night we said that if you uh, are asked to um, read a flyer and they pass out an advertisement, and then you get all excited because if you put a $5 toy in the Silverado, was that what it was last night? Um, I don't know what the minimum is, but it sounds like any toy will do. You'll get $500 off their new bumper sticker price or $1,000 off the truck, which might save you no money, but let's assume it does. Can you give to their campaign that they're giving out in the holiday seasons? Again, if they're giving it for Hanukkah toys also, it's fine. We discussed Hanukkah toys last year during the Chukka Samshir, and... Let's assume you can be makele on that. And if they're not, which I don't advise you, ask them. My suggestion last night, even though I, I, I don't think it's absolutely also that Satan Lahakal is, for the $500 you think you're saving, which you're probably not, and even if you are, it's not going to get involved. So after the share, a number of people ask me, what happens if they have in the office a drive, and they're going around office to office? This is very common. Or you live in an apartment building, and they have a bush when you come in, and the... Uh, the uh, Shimer Ha'ir, the Shimer Ha'ir apartment building is uh, making sure that everybody donates to his cause. And we know it's not for a Hanukkah thing because many buildings in New York have a menorah and a bush. This one only has a bush, and even the ones that have a menorah, they don't have any toys under the menorah. They only have it under the bush or the tree. So you sort of know what it's for. Afa Pekain, the art style of the Hokol, the Nedak Yisholem, if you really feel the pressure... I believe you can maybe give it to the front desk, let him put it under the tree. You don't have to put it under the tree. You don't have to snap pictures of the guy with the beard and paste putting the thing under the tree. It's not necessary. Uh, so give it to him. At least they know you're giving something. And uh, unlike when they collect in the office for the um, base of Odazara, this does go on the radio, so we're trying to be a little careful, even though we're usually not too careful. And uh, they're collecting and they're putting pressure there. You really can't give Unless they say it's going straight to the soup kitchen and to the feeding the poor of the city. Here, it's very commercialized. We don't know where it's going exactly. It's not muchuch, even though it's going to the tree. Who they're giving to? They might be giving to atheists. They might be giving to... So, Mikal Hani Tami Anal, if you're stuck and it's Mnei Dakar Shalom, I believe it's not us. To save $500 on a Chevy, I don't think is Kedai to get involved. It's not a Hefzim Ruba, it's Meniz Revach, and uh, I don't believe it's Meniz Revach because I don't believe they're giving you a dollar off. And uh, so I think, I think you agreed with that last night. They probably just uh, drive up the bunker. It's, all this is just to get people in, and nobody saves any money on these things. So I don't even think it's... It's not Hefzim anyway, it's Meniz Revach, and you can buy uh, a different car. Walk, if you say you're going to walk out the door, they'll give you the discount even without Even without the toy, right, Myra. Okay. You must be in sales. Uh, <laughs> which you are, uh, so yeah, I agree with you, and it's not it's not going to be dull. And and again, it's not it's the feeling over here. Why does a from guy have to go put something under that bush and put something here? It's not the bush; it's the tree is going to the bush or wherever it's going. It's my town local is it's very far removed right now. It's going to Silverado, and who knows where it's going afterwards. That's why it's not local. I don't think for the uh, for this particular profit or lack thereof, it's good to get involved. Uh, that was Nagea to the Chukasam. We will continue now, uh, actually we'll start the sugya of the <coughs> medical procedures and the Issachabur. Last night we covered the Issachabur, which you would think doesn't come up 
No kid's going to hit their father or their mother. Well, normal kids, we hope, don't. A few people ask me after the shear, what happens if you were two and you remember scratching your parents? You have to do tshuva. Well, if you remember scratching your parent, either you have a photographic memory and you're an Ilu Yatsum, Shmuel, as in Raven Shmuel, fame, remembers when they, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, when they brought in his mother to give her malchus because they thought she's Mazana because she was expecting and the father was a thousand miles away. A whole fascinating account. And uh, Savu'ud Shmuel, he's called Avu Shmuel. One of the reasons is because they want to make sure everybody knew he was Avu'ud Shmuel. Uh, the whole, uh, and she was a Tzadikist, and the whole thing wasn't true, but it looked very bad. Anyway, so he says he remembers, before he was born, that he would duck because uh, the Malchus started hurting. And he said he also remembers what his midwife looks like, or midwife. That's a good memory. The first one's like... The first one was while in the womb. The second one was as he's being born. And look, it's pure bit of being born is a process, and why waste your time? You might as well have it to feel assigned to thank her later. I mean, it's off the charts to have a mind like that. But the Shmuel was known. Shmuel was the godl, the Rav Shmuel, running clay, so and he had a photographic <laughs> memory, and he was a, a doctor on the side also, and had uh, new, ast- new astronomy and uh, uh, astrology and uh, all sorts of... He was, uh, he was a really good... And... Um, it's very clear never that... What? Never have to ask for directions. That's right. He used, he used the stars. He, he knows it like the, the Shvile does. So, yeah. It was Shmuel. Shmuel. You know all the guys are Shmuel. So, Robert Shmuel, Robert Shmuel for a reason. And that's why they were arguing with each other. Nobody else... Uh, nobody else, but very few people argued with them. So, he, uh, he remembered that. that. There is a Mishnah Bura that talks about, to bring some Achreinim, that if you're a Bardas already, and you did certain Averis, certainly stealing... And the like, and you want to do truly, even though they're various done before by mitzvah, and technically you're not chayev, it's a good idea to fix them up and do truva. Certainly, if you still have the object you stole by aim, to give it back. We once spoke about that in Shir. Remember, I told you the story about the guy who called me 20 years after camp. He smashed every light in camp, and he's thrown out of a few. And now he made some money and also was very firm and decided that he at least wanted to know if there's an Indian to do truva. And that bill might have been $15,000, but uh, he wanted to do it. So, if you're two years old, you're not going to remember this anyway, unless you're Shmuel, but if you're two years old, and two-year-olds, sometimes if their mother doesn't cut the nails, or even if they did, uh, sometimes little kids punch and scratch their parents. So that, you're not going to remember, and even as an umdara, you probably did, you don't have to do truth for that, if it's age-appropriate. But when they get older, sometimes five, six-year-olds, as you're trying to punish them, and whatever your punishment is, and um, today you can't even list any punishments. I was going to say that's inhuman and that's whatever. You can't, if you punish him by staring at him and giving him a uh, don't talk about hallways and going, timing out in a room or whatever. Just, uh, we all agree. If you time out a room, don't lock the door, certainly. That's dangerous. And if the kid starts hitting back, so if he's a bardas and he remembers it, he should do tshuva. And if he made a chaber, certainly do tshuva. He's not chayev misa because he was under bar mitzvah. And the only application Baruch Hashem we have with normal people is sports, which we discussed last night. I got pushback on the volleyball, believe it or not. Football you all got. Paintball I didn't even get to. I have an issue with that, but on the Havero. Just the whole Midrash Shabai, the whole, um, the whole Hashkafa, shooting people all day. If uh, I, You've heard me speak about this. Paintballing does not cause welts necessarily if you're shooting at the range you're supposed to be shooting at. Nobody follows the rules. 
And when they go in for the kill, they get too close and they start shooting. I know that because whenever I speak about this in camp, after the paintballing trip, they all come back and they show me the huge welts and bruises and all that. That's a shayla ben where you can't really hurt somebody, even if they're meichel, except for the which we'll get to next week. But we don't really pass them like that. With a parent, we're here making a where you can't even take out a splinter because you might cut too much. You certainly can't go paintballing with them. I, I, somebody asked me this afterwards. I said, didn't you get the idea from football? that paintball would be out of the question. He said it was just verifying. I can't imagine, just even hushkafically, forget the Chiyav Chenek over here, being on the opposite team and shooting your father? I can't even imagine, like, what... So he said, no, everybody has a good time. My father likes it. I said, I'm sure he loves it when you shoot him from three feet away. I'm sure he's having a great time. Uh, so if anything, put him on your team and make sure there's no friendly fire. Is that a piece of good advice? So... Uh, you don't know what friendly fire is? That's good. Yes? The Mechaz Chinuch discusses it, and we will discuss the Mechaz Chinuch, and nobody else seems to hold like that. Can use it as a sniffle hocker, which we'll use it. This is an interesting sugya, which we hope is not a gear, but it's going to take me a week and a half to get through this. There is a Mechaz Chinuch that says that, and it's hard to understand what he's saying, but it's a Mechaz Chinuch, so we're going to quote it and discuss it. Uh, volleyball, I did mention last night, if you're in the back serving, three rows, three rows, and he's in the back over there, I can't imagine a problem or any xera. So um, one person afterwards uh, was saying that, well, I think somebody mentioned this year, if you serve and it goes up and it comes down and hits him in the forehead and bruises him, um, is that a problem? The answer is no, because the chance of that happening is almost next to nil. And the Gemara Sahedrin on Ayin Zion does have a case where you throw a rock and it goes on an arch, and the Gemara says, well, if it's his kayach, it should continue going up to space. And if it's gravity, it should go straight down. So the Gemara says, well, obviously, it's going arch because the mixture between his kayach and the gravity. And the Gemara calls it kayach kacho, so the Ramam brings down that the guy's high meets if he kills somebody like that. He's good at him, and he tossed it in an arch. So you're doing that with a ball, but that's not the issue over here. The issue is how concerned, and this is going to take um, a little bit of Ian to figure out by the medical procedures, what shash and percentage can we quantify of that we're making a gazera, don't do this because you might end up bruising the parent. So football, it's off the charts. Paintball is even worse. Basketball, if you behave and don't foul him and be very careful, I'm still not sure because people bump into each other even though they're not fouling each other, but okay, what to discuss in the Minigan in America is people play basketball with their father. You don't want to answer that. Uh, volleyball, the chances of him, I don't ever remember, I'm not a big volleyball player, I don't remember anybody serving, and the guy standing there all the way across in the third row on the other side, he's standing there, hits him in the forehead. It could happen. The guy, I don't think the guy should play. That's very right, klutzy. That's very klutzy. But, uh, but you know, <laughs> there's no xayra on that. That's my point. If it's so far-fetched, there's no xayra. And what? If he gets hurt, trying to return so that's the same. If you're in the front, the slams are in the front. He's in the front, you're in the front, you slam into his face. That's a strong shot. What? They rotate. That's what I'm suggesting. Don't rotate. Two fixed positions father, son. Everybody else can rotate. There's no chiv to rotate. So not a chiv, I don't even think it's a chiv to our bottom. So, uh, what? I don't. So I'm just saying they shouldn't rotate and they should learn this sugya while they're playing. And so, what else do you do while you're playing? Muzzle and some sugya. Uh, I, I, what I'm trying to say is the chashash is so far fetched. There wouldn't be xayra over here, I think. What we're going to discuss in the various medical procedures we're going to discuss is well, what's the chance of this happening and what can happen? What's the downside? So you got to look at every scenario. What's the downside? What's the upside? What's the chance? So, I'm, it's good we started framing this with, you know, I think volleyball, certainly mutter, paintball, and football, certainly also, and basketball. 
perhaps okay, depending how careful you are, although mind you, over a long period of time, over an entire season, even if you're not fouling at all, which is almost hard to imagine, uh, people get knocked around, they get knocked down, they go up for a shot, and your hand was there. I mean, every friend that I ever played with my youth ever said, I didn't foul you, my hand happened to be there. But maybe that's true, maybe that's not. But sometimes the hand really is there, and people get hurt. So is that enough of a chash? So you have to figure out now, based on the Gemara, we're going to see, well, what's the chash of cutting too much when you're taking out a splinter? And it says, well, what's too much? Nobody cuts too much on purpose. They cut as much as they think they can to get that piece of wood embedded in the skin. Is it a perfect science? Of course not. Well, that's the Gemara's worried about. Akadekach, that's an interesting chash. So, so it's, it, this is not, it's a short sugya. This is not easy to figure out. And when we get to the practical applications, it uh, gets more challenging. So let's go back to the Gemara, which we started last night. The first line we saw already in the Mishnah, Elohim, Maka Avivimoy. So the downside here is very serious, but Mezid, it's a Chiyav Chena. Go to the Gemara. I have it in brackets toward the bottom. Ibailum. Gemara asked this Shaila, Ben Maoshi Yakis Dam Aviv. We're going to learn not only some fascinating svaras and Rishayim and Achrayim, we're going to learn some interesting medical data. So in the times of yesteryear, till very recently, like the 1930s, it's amazing how recent this was. Uh, bloodletting was a way of uh, life in terms of standard medical procedures. Lest you think, before anybody gets too smug over here and say, yeah, that was for the ancients and they didn't know what they were doing, and uh, there had to have been some chachma. Simple reason, the joke is that they said, yeah, bloodletting always solved the problem because either he got up anyway or he died. That's oversimplifying the issue. It's clear, certainly Chazal, and uh, some uh, had Rishayim who were doctors, if they would do it the first five guys and they would die, and the next five guys and they would die, and everybody would die and never solve anything, they'd probably stop doing it. I remember uh, this going back over 20 years ago. I saw a report, I think I once discussed this with you, I thought it was interesting. They didn't want to sound our case, they didn't call it bloodletting, but they came out with a report, and this, you can tell me if you learned this in medical school, it was around that time, a little... Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, it came out with a report that if you give blood on a consistent basis, which a lot of people do anyway for the Red Cross and the uh, David Adam, whoever they're giving to, Maimonides Hospital, and they're giving, remind me to get back to that because Ramesha has a whole separate truva discussing why that should be mutter. Going to the Mechasrinach, should be a Shiloh. I'm more than Michael, I'm coming to give blood. So what's the problem? It's a Chabura. Now it's not dangerous. It's a chabura, so Rabbi says, you're not allowed to be yourself, and you can't be medical, it's not your body. And he discusses, well, if they give you a special insurance policy, the chasashom is ever a natural disaster, you'll go first if there's a shortage of blood, Rahman Litzlan. So Rabbi says, that's a good heter, you get insurance policy for your family, if they're paying you, if you're giving to a large Jewish population, they need, he has all sorts of reasons, but it's, a, it's not a short tshuva. At the end of this tshuva, he says something very interesting. He says, and by the way, besides all the other reasons why it might be mutter, he struggles with it, because it starts off, you're doing chavala. Chavala is not just when it's painful or when it's dangerous. It's chavala. They're piercing, going to a vein, and they're taking out blood. So he says at the end, a very interesting observation. This is many years before I heard the report I'm about to tell you about. He says, well, until recently, bloodletting was constantly done. And even though Nishtana Hateva, which we know, because the Chuvah Zarashba says, don't do the Rafu as mentioned in the Gemara, because they could be dangerous or relatively benign, but they don't work. But they could be dangerous, so don't try them unless we know for sure it works, which is why, in general, the medical Gemaras are probably a lot of Kabbalah in there, and they're fascinating, but we don't use it practically because of the Chashash of Nishtana Teva. 
see, he says, okay, Mishtana Teva. So apparently for a few thousand years they bloodlet, and now we don't do it anymore. Mishtana Teva, the doctors decided it's not good for you. He said, Mastama, the pendulum didn't swing. He says this in the truth. Mastama, the pendulum didn't swing. That was very good for you. Standard medical procedure, and now it's bad for you. Mastama was very good for you. Now they all, it's parf. Maybe it has some therapeutic value. They just don't know about it yet. They'll rediscover it. That's what he says in the truth. So that was prophetic. Chacham Adif Minavi. So this report that came out, if you're not familiar with this, look for it and let me know. Give me a modern version of it. This support said if you give blood on a consistent basis, it sort of like flushes out the system and cleans it out and it's healthy. Basically, they, they said everything about the value of bloodletting without calling it bloodletting because that would sound archaic and barbaric. So they didn't say that, but they said everything well. No, that used to have. The barber, you couldn't make a panasa, a good panasa, with uh, just being a barber. So you were a barber, and you also did bloodletting. You were a stickle doctor. Uh, unfortunately, in the old days, many of them used the same knife, um, which, you know, until Louis Pasteur, they didn't really know about germs. So, um, so, oh, so the leeches is, gonna, believe it or not, going to be part of the sugya. The truth is we're going to see, in a few days, are going to talk about shots, giving shots... Um, you know, from B12 to flu shots to everything else, to diabetics. And they're going to talk about leeches, and they say, well, they're going to try to build up a case why it's mutter for a son to do it, because the Gemara is going to say right now it's usher. And they're going to say, well, shots is one discussion. Maybe if you use leeches, it's only groma. There's a serious discussion in the 1930s and 40s in the Shlomo Zalman, or Chukotinsky, or Herzog. It's fascinating. I was amazed just historically they were still using this stuff then, but... They were. Yeah, that bankers, you know, they have the thing. I remember I was by Dr. Muncy. You probably know him. I mean, this goes back 35 years ago. I was there. He, he had in his break front. That's by his house. He's telling me my father. Does he says, you want to see something? I, I was standing there. Well, look, kid. He takes out a shot cup. He's showing it to my father. My father said, that's fascinating. I don't want to say anything. I asked my father on the way home, what was so fascinating about a schnapps cup? He said, that wasn't a schnapps cup. I said, what was it? He said, bankers. <laughs> It's pre- it looks like a schnapps cup to me. It's, um, they use the pressure to you know, get suction. the blood to come. What? Suction. Suction, yeah. yeah it's that suction, correct. Uh, to have the blood come. And this was all part of the same. So he had this doctor, who wasn't that young then. Yarshin did from an older doctor who was 90-something who retired, who had it in his practice, his only practice. I thought it was fascinating. When I first found out what it was, I asked him if they drink shops in it afterwards. He said, probably not. Um, <laughs> I, I, that doesn't go, the blood doesn't <laughs> come out there. There are two ways. What? It's still done. It's still done where? In the Far East? Okay. Okay. So Ramesha says, Mistama, the blood letting the bank is just the, is the, is the, is the, the blood didn't, they didn't pierce the skin and take out the blood. There's a wet one. There's, there's a wet one. one, okay. So the wet there's one has wet like one red platelets, one. like blood, oh, and they the white one, yeah. They incision. Yeah, they get incision Russia, and they, they do it up. Do okay. The, they do the dry one. Bar Hashem. Okay. But, <laughs> so, but, China, but it's the same idea. Okay. Okay. So Ramesha says, Mastama, we're just missing something, and maybe it's not so bad. He used that as the last sniffle hook on the truth on why you're allowed to give blood to a hospital. It wasn't that push it. It's a fascinating truth. So... That's my introduction here. Ben Mashiach is dumb loved. It was a common procedure, and people felt they needed to do it. And, and we don't know yet if they we're talking about where there's nobody else there, or even with somebody else there. We'll discuss that later. But I don't know. Can a son, in any circumstance, let's make it easy now, can he do our cousin's dumb for its father? So, first two shitas. Rav Masla Amar. What? Yes. Somebody, for instance, wanted to play American football, 
So I believe, call me a makel, I believe American football is, is <laughs> not against your father. Stop with friends. So my problem with the paintball is that if you don't hold it to Mishachinach, and there's a very common occurrence, which it is, I've studied this for years with campers who are playing it and, or during the year, it's quite common. I would call it psychration. It's quite common that they get bruises galore. And you can't bruise yourself. So you can't be Mechel that he bruised you, except for the Mechel which we don't really Paschal like. So what's the header? So paintballing is in a class by itself in that regard. You're shooting the guy with bullets, so to speak, that explode on contact. And, uh, and uh, they all tell me, he says, oh, of course there's no bruise. I said, does it hurt? He said, of course it hurts. <laughs> when he gets hit, it hurts. And then they find there's a bruise later. The tackle football is close. I mentioned last night, um, if you're playing tackle football in soft, powdery snow, about three feet deep, and you're not too rough. It's not a psychration. Most people don't have those conditions all the time. If you're playing with equipment, I never studied. There are there are doctors. There there are there are people who specialize in this type of medicine, um, uh, physical. What do they call them? Uh, PTs. Yes, who have like a sports medicine. They they would know the answer, and their people. Yeah, and their people in the community could probably tell you. I would imagine there's a lot of bruising. The question is: Is it roiv? Is it close to roiv? Is it a Every um, high school football game in Rockwood County, there's a, has to be a doctor on the side. Really? It can't be... Uh, and you don't need a doctor for a bruise, but it doesn't help. Even if it wasn't that bad, that's pretty bad. It doesn't, you're saying, ah, they kach. So there's enough contact. There's enough that, contact. That, that and they're playing with equipment. You're talking about official football. football. Yeah, football with equipment. Yeah. Even if nobody gets seriously injured, they, they need a doctor. Shiley is, is there always bruising? And... You know, then what differentiates that from, from paintball? The good news is, yeshiva, often they play ball. They're not, they used to, they're not playing tackle football without equipment, I hope. That, that's just dangerous. Um, so it's, it's dangerous. It's not even a hard touch. About, so then it puts it back with a rough game of basketball. Then it's okay. Shiva's with the equipment, which nobody really, Bacharim, I don't think, is that no gayer? We don't, all our Bacharim are not on any team that is playing with equipment. I believe. I would assume not. Hockey, so. so hockey is, again, depends how rough you're going to play. Or is that inherent? Um, where's Eitan when you need him? Uh, tell him we asked for him. Are, they, are the guys there, guys in the neighborhood? Are still, the yeah, do they still do that? Some people do that also? Yeah. That's part of the game? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that, but they have football equipment that also. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good try. I, most of the time, I'm not playing this. Hockey would be, a, would be a cash. Okay, so you know what? Find uh, we know who they are. Go ask them. Ask them for if they notice any black and blue marks when they get home. And they, and they might tell you. They might look at you like, of course we do. Or they might say, no, never noticed it. I, you know, be curious. Um, it's. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Again, there's two parts of the sugi, and they, they go hand in hand. If you're not allowed to be to yourself, you can't be to somebody else, even if he's Michael. That's a big problem. That's why you're asking a question. And the Shailiz is pretty mucha from the Gemara. I'll throw this in now. The Gemara, according to the sheets of the whole, is also, which we didn't get to yet. First two sheets of the whole, mutter, are assuming the father is in pain. He has a splinter, and he wants, he asks you to take it out, or he needs dentist work, and you're a dentist. He wants you to do it. So, of course, he's Michael. And yet the Gemara says it's also according to that shita. So Shailah is going to have a difficult time. What did Mechazchirach mean when he said the father went Mechel? Well, has he learned the Gemara? So that's the sneak preview. At least we got to the Shailah. Tomorrow we'll get to the, uh, to the answer.